The podcast you are about to listen to is from St. Andrew's Park Circle. For more information about us, please visit standandrewsparkcircle.com. Thank you, Carrie. A few years ago, my family and I decided to join some other families after church and head over to Majorua for brunch, where it's rare that I am the first person somewhere after church. This particular Sunday, I happen to show up first, so I walk in. I say, hey, we need a table. They take me to my table. I sit and I wait for everybody to get there. As I begin to sit down at my table, this young, this young man walks up, decked out and head to toe in New York Giants football apparel. And he looks at me and he says, Father, I've never done this before, but would you pray for the Giants to win today so they'll make it to the playoffs? And he sits down next to me and says, and I'm going to sit here while you do it. What seemed like 10 minutes of me picking probably my face back together, um, and as he sits down without missing a beat, I place my hand on this gentleman's shoulder, and I begin to pray. Now, I don't pray specifically for the giants to win. I know better. But I do pray, and I begin to thank God that we have reasons in life to celebrate, and I pray that that gentleman would have a reason to celebrate that day. I then began to pray for protection for these players and for the coaches and those that would play. I prayed for protection for the young man sitting next to me. I then said, "In Lord, even in loss, we can be thankful that we have good gifts in Christ Jesus. And I prayed that my friend would experience those good gifts. And I said, amen. He said, thank you. He went and sat down and I went home and I cheered on the New York Giants for the first time (laughs) and the last time in my life. And then I had to go cheer on the Eagles to beat the Washington Commanders to make the Giants get to the playoffs. And I didn't do this because I believe God is involving himself in who's winning football games. That's kind of silly, right? But I did this because I hoped that this would be a moment for this young man who has found a new appointed pub priest to experience the kingdom of God. That maybe in that moment, he remembers the words of why we get to celebrate as God's people. Maybe he remembers the words, if there was loss, on how we can deal with loss. And hopefully, just a moment in his life of his glimpse into the living God. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that we see Jesus this morning. And then not only that we see Jesus, but that we experience the power of the Holy Spirit and that we not only see and experience, but we then take into the world those things you have done for us to share with those around us. Amen. There's a priest and theologian from the 1800s by the name of Frederick Denison Maurice, and he says this, he says, we want to make sure we are not giving people the church when they are looking for the living God. This is a quote that was made known to me by Bishop Todd Hunter, and it's this reminder that there's people out there looking for something, and often what they are looking for is the living God, and it's a reminder for us as God's people to be out in the world shining the light of who Christ is, 
It's a reminder that we have been given a unique opportunity, a unique position in God's kingdom to go and be a witness to Christ and the kingdom he has come to establish. I say in just park circle, we sum it up in our mission as that we seek to connect people to the power and presence of Jesus Christ. And we have several tools and ways that we do this. We do this through our Sunday morning worship. We do this through Alpha. We do this through life groups, missions, kids ministry, all the things that we have going on as a church. However, what's important to remember is that we're not seeking to connect people to these things. We're not seeking to connect people to St. Andrews Park Circle. We're actually seeking to connect people to the power and presence of Jesus. So all of these things we do, all of these things that we're a part of are a catalyst that hopefully point people to who Jesus is, to point people to experience the living God and his kingdom. We're each a catalyst that plays a role in inviting people in to experience that power and presence. And so as we begin 2024, as we look ahead to some things we're going to work together through as a church in January, I want to take a few moments and use Titus 3 to kind of frame some things about why we are called into the world to be about good works and how we could take that and use it to invite people in to experience the living God. And as we do that, we're going to see three things, and we're going to see that we once were lost, that we have been found, and that we are all sent. And so before we kind of get to the how and why of living good works, as Paul talks about here in chapter 3, let's first remember where all of us began before we experienced the power of the living God. Reading from verse 3. It says, for we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. When was the last time you felt lost or you felt helpless because you lost something? If it's been a while, go to the new playground in the middle of Park Circle. And if you have young kids, you've probably been there and you probably know exactly what I mean, this feeling of lost. And I'm not trying to make light of what is a serious subject, but what is important to remember for us as God's people is that we all have began at the same place. That all of us in our own way, somehow, one way or another, were lost. And as we be about the work of God in the world, we're going to encounter people that are either lost and they know it, or they're lost and they have no clue. But this feeling of lost can be something that is very difficult to work through. Because often when we're lost, we are either in such a moment of chaos that we can't seem to think straight, or we might be lost and we have no clue what we're even looking for. And so Paul reminds us in his letter in Titus 3 that we need to remember that before all of this stuff happened with the living God and we experienced his love and his grace and his mercy, that we were all in the same place. He actually uses some pretty strong words here in chapter 3. And so perhaps this morning you're someone here 
that feels lost. You've stumbled across this online as you're surfing Facebook. I, I don't know where you find yourself this morning. Before we get too much further, I want to encourage you that we're going to get to some good news here in a second. Because when it comes to the kingdom of God, that feeling of lost is temporary. For those of us who once were lost, those of us that go out into the world and we experience those who are lost, let us pause and remember those times when we were in these very places. Because the good news is that even though we were once lost, we have been saved. We have been found. Reading from verse 4. When the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of good works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing and regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, who he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. How did Christ meet you and find you in your lostness? Perhaps it was through a miraculous moment. Perhaps it was some kind of epiphany out of nowhere. Those happen. We see it in Scripture. We have heard testimonies of people that experience God in a miraculous way. But I would propose that for most of us, it's not through a church service or some church program, but it's through an intentional moment with a person that pointed you to Jesus, his life, his hope, and his glory, and his mercy. See, friends, one of the best ways to help someone experience the kingdom of God is not to be the person that just points them in the right direction, but to also be the person that takes them by the hand and walks with them in that direction. You ever been in a store looking for something, and you finally find the associate that you've been looking for to help you find that thing, and all they say is, yeah, you can go find that on aisle four. You may find the item you're looking for, but there have been many times I know that I have walked up and down aisle four and I still can't find it. And it takes somebody to come alongside of me and to point it out and to show me exactly what I was looking for. Who are those people or who has been that person that has showed the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, to you? And how did they, through the power of the Holy Spirit, point you to that work of Christ that, as the text says, brings us justification through his, grape, through his grace and hope of eternal life? See, friends, we must remember that Christ left the 99 to go find the one. And so perhaps if trying to go win 99 souls, each of us need to go find one. Each of us need to go take somebody by the hand. Because the whole message of Epiphany, the whole message of Christmas, is Christ came to be with us. Not to just point us to God, but to walk with us on earth that we may experience the living God and his kingdom. It's a reminder that God still loves the world. God still wants people to experience the mercy, grace, and hope in the work of Christ. 
And this morning, if you're here and you are someone feeling this lostness, I pray that we can be those people that can take you by the hand and they can point you to Jesus. For everyone else, where is God calling you to invite people to experience the living God? Where is God calling you to be a glimpse and to be an invitation to his kingdom? We once were lost. We have been found. And finally, we are all sent. Reading from verse 8. The saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. What is your inspiration for sharing your faith with those around you? When it comes to connecting people to the power and presence of Jesus, are you doing it out of duty or are you doing it out of devotion? Let's take a moment and look at each word. Duty is defined as being a moral or legal obligation. It's a responsibility. Now, you may push back and you may say, well, don't we have a, an obligation to go be good people, to be moral, to, to go into the world and to, to live right? And I would say, yes, that, that's true. But notice here in the text of verse 8, the word that Paul uses. He uses the word devote. Devotion is defined as love, loyalty, or enthusiasm for a person, activity, or cause. Are you inviting people based off of duty? Or are you inviting people based off devotion? I could wake up tomorrow morning and go to work off of duty. And I can go and be about the things that I've got to get done throughout the day and just get through my day and go home and be done. Or I could wake up tomorrow and do things out of devotion. I can go and look at my day, excited about the work that is at hand, excited about the things that I get to go do, excited about what I have been called into as a person of God to go into the world shining the light of Christ. Those who are lost are not looking for somebody to come alongside of them based off of duty. They're looking for those who are devoted, enthusiastic, and willing to invite them to experience the kingdom of the living God. And not to just point them on the way, but to join them on the way and to walk with them so you together can experience the goodness that God has for each of us. Christ was present among us, and so we are called to go and be present among the world because, as Paul says, these things are excellent and profitable for people. Friends, there is profit in being devoted to good works. There is profit in being devoted to knowing that we get to do this not because of anything we have done, as it says in the text, not because of our righteousness, but because the righteousness of God, that we are heirs of his kingdom. And as heirs of his kingdom, we get to go and be representatives of his kingdom. And that prophet, friends, is joy.
there is great joy in devoting ourselves to the good works that Christ has for us and that he has called us to. How can we make our lives about being devoted to what God has called us in good works and seeing the joy that it brings, not just to us, but those who were once lost but now found? And so what do we do with this? This morning, I want to give you one application. And I'm going to be honest, you're probably going to hear Dave and I drive this home for the next few weeks. Just a few moments ago, I talked about how we're going to be entering into a season of Alpha as a church at the end of January. And yeah, we talked about how it's going to be spring training for us as a church. We're asking for everyone to commit, to come, to be a part But that's just part of the equation. The reason we want you to come and to commit and to be a part is because we want you to bring someone with you. And so the one thing that we can do with this idea of good works, of being devoted, of being reminded that in our lostness we were found, is that we can think of one person, or maybe it's two or three people, but I would encourage you to think of one person that you can begin praying for and that you can invite not to experience St. Andrew's Park Circle, not to experience Alpha, but to hopefully experience the kingdom of the living God. Because you're going to hear stories over the next few weeks of people that have experienced just that through Alpha. And so my encouragement as Elise begins to come forward and we go into this time of response is to use this as a moment to begin to pray. And as that mind, as that name or several names come to mind, find a piece of paper, find a place where you can, you can write it down and stick that piece of paper, be it in your Bible. If you're, if you're like me and you're electronic, you need to put notes on your phone and you need to set reminders. But I would encourage you to, to put that name down and commit for every day of January, between now and January 29th, to pray for that person. Pray for that person to have an opportunity to walk with them. And let's begin praying together as a church that people come to experience the living God. We don't want to be giving people the church when what they're looking for is the kingdom of the living God. Let's pray. Father, as names perhaps begin to flood our mind or as we begin to think about those in our life that are close to us but far from you, I pray that in this moment through the power of the Holy Spirit that you stir within us a devoted courageousness to go and pick up the phone, to walk next door, to walk to the office next to ours to look in the hallway at the school and to begin working on inviting that person to experience you as the living God. And I pray to that same power of the Holy Spirit that you begin a good work in the life of these people that are coming to mind. That you begin stirring in them and that they may see Jesus. Father, I thank you that that you saved us, 
thank you that you have made us heirs of your kingdom. Now, Father, send us out into the world in good works, devoted to who you are. 